if you have a meltdown like a toddler (laughs) or a teenager or a midlife mom, (laughs) again, none of us are immune to this, but if you find yourself just overreacting, like your reaction does not match a reasonable response to the question or the circumstance at hand, it could stand a reason that it's because you're stressed. Welcome to the Kingdom Life Coaching Podcast. I'm your host, Megan Nilsson, speaker, author, and yes, life coach. We live in a noisy world with a million external influences vying for our attention. This is the space where we can quiet the noise, sort out our thoughts through honest conversation, and discover what it looks like to take aligned, faith-filled action in a world of endless possibilities. Hey, welcome back. Oh my gosh, you guys, I am so excited that you're here with me. And before we get started in today's episode, I'm going to give you the lay of the land for the rest of the year. So you can plan ahead because these episodes are going to be fire and you're going to want, you're going to want to be aware of what's going on. So if you have not already subscribed to this podcast on Spotify or Apple or wherever you listen, go ahead and click that bell or subscribe button so that you will get notified every Tuesday when an episode comes out, because this is what we're planning for. So today, this episode and next week's episode, we are going to be talking about holidays, holiday time, holiday triggers. Today, I'm going to be talking about four signs of holiday stress as if you, I mean, maybe you don't deal with it like I do, but listen, I have lived a minute on this earth. I know what the signs of holiday stress are, and I'm going to give you some suggestions about what you can do about it to really get through with way less stress and a lot more success and peace. So that's what today is. Next week, we're going to be talking about redeeming your holiday time with the the, the guru of time management herself, Lissa Figgins. You're not going to want to miss that. And then right after Thanksgiving, starting the Tuesday, November 28th, through five weeks, five consecutive weeks through the end of December, I am going to be dropping the sessions from the Oh Weary World Rejoice Advent Study. So I wrote this study a few years ago. It's been amazing to take people through it. And this year I'm offering the sessions, I'm offering the teaching free on this podcast. And then you will have the option if you want to buy the supplemental study guide for deeper, just deeper transformation, revelation, you will have scriptures that you can meditate on. And of course, those personal reflection questions, that's what I'm known for. That's what I love to help people do is dig into that. So mark your calendars. For these two episodes, we're going to be talking about redeeming your holiday time. And then after Thanksgiving, we are jumping into the Oh Weary World Rejoice study. If you want to get the supplemental study guide, all you need to do is go to ohwearyworldrejoice.com. Grab that study guide. It's only 15 bucks. And I'm telling you, it is worth every penny because it is just really, really powerful to go through it. And you might want to go through it with a friend because processing is so much more fun over coffee or wine and with your buddy. So, and for those of you that live in or around Colorado Springs, or you want to travel to Colorado Springs in December, I'm here to tell you that my friend Kristen Chadwick and I, she is a spiritual life and podcast coach. We are going to be hosting a morning retreat, the King is Coming Retreat 
on Saturday, December 9th in Colorado Springs. You can go to thekingiscomingretreat.com for all that information. So I'll repeat this. I'll put this in the show notes at the end, but let's dive into today's subject. So without further ado, what are some signs of holiday stress and what can you do about it? So, I mean, why why do the holidays even need to be stressful? Because aren't they supposed to be amazing and full of joy and fellowship and family and fun and games and, you know, good food? Yes. Yes. This can exist. That, that utopia can maybe exist in some other universe. But a lot of times, if you're anything like me, this there there's so much expectation that's wrapped around this. Even already, I'm turning on the TV, I'm looking at commercials, and there's the, the songs and the sounds and the lights, and they they paint this picture of what the holidays are supposed to look like, what they can look like for you, and why their product is going to bring you the happiness and joy that you've always longed for and have not yet attained. But the reality is, at least in my experience, that when there's big feelings that come up around big days. And Thanksgiving's one of those days. Christmas, Christmas is not only a day, it's like it's whole a whole month that is, is leading up towards this. And I'm going to give you four signs to be paying attention to. So if you wonder, okay, how can I know if I'm stressed? Well, first of all, it can, it can be pretty obvious, but here are some signs and symptoms that you might be stressed and you're not knowing it. You're not understanding it. So number one would be this, resistance. One sign of holiday stress is if you find yourself in a state of resistance, meaning Someone else is saying, hey, why don't we do this? Hey, have you thought about that? Hey, do you understand? And you inside, you feel this like internal angst coming up and you find yourself resisting and thinking, I'm not doing that. I don't want to do that. Someone else's expectations are causing this visceral reaction or pushback in your spirit. Why does this happen? You know, what is it here that's causing you to oppose this. So if you start to resist, like someone makes a suggestion or has an idea and your immediate response is like, nope, I'm not doing that. Then there's some kind of, that that has, there's some kind of stress that has been activated in you. Listen, you don't always have to, to say yes. You can say no. So just because you're feeling no and you're feeling the resistance doesn't mean that no is the wrong answer. In fact, it could be the right answer. But what do you do in that state of resistance? I would encourage you to stop and take a moment and explain your feelings and say, wow, for some reason, that idea causes stress. I am stressed out about that and I don't know why. I just know that I'm feeling some resistance and some angst inside my soul. So let me figure out what's going on and decide. You have have a choice to make at this point. Is there a compromise that can be made? So if someone says, hey, why don't you host the entire family for dinner? I know there's only 55 of us, so I'm sure we could all come to your house. And you're like, oh my gosh, I'm freaking out about that. I find some resistance. Maybe you could say, hey... Again, I've mentioned this on the podcast before. My amazing counselor talks about the big, juicy counteroffer. So 
if you don't want to host 55 people at your house for Thanksgiving dinner or Christmas dinner, you could say, well, I am not prepared to do that, but what about if we got together at a, a restaurant for happy hours so we could all see each other, we could grab a drink or we could get coffee and we can connect because the idea is to be to, to be together and to connect. It's not necessarily that you have to do the hosting and you have to do the preparing. So is there a compromise that would really meet the needs of both parties or the other option is just to say no. Thank you for that idea. I understand that that would be kind of cool, but I am not in a place where I can do that. So, you know, maybe let's think of something else or just no. So if you find some resistance in your soul and you find your blood beginning to kind of blood pressure, blood pressure rise, that could be a sign that you are under some holiday stress. Okay, number two is this. Another symptom would be avoidance or withdrawal. So if you find yourself kind of checking out and pretending something's not happening, maybe you want to hide or numb out, then there's a strong possibility that you have you are under some sort of stress response. So as an Enneagram 9 myself, I am very 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 aware of this idea of avoidance. So when things are getting heated up or there's maybe some uncomfortable discussion or or conversation going on, somebody has one idea, somebody else has another idea, when when the the relational waters are starting to get bumpy, my flesh wants to just kind of avoid, walk out of the room, pretend it's not really happening, let them figure it out. And this is not healthy newsflash. So having boundaries, again, all of these things are pretty nuanced. So having boundaries, that is a good thing. So you don't have to get hooked and reeled in to, to some, some stressful conversations, some fights, some arguments, whatever, some heated spaces. You don't have to get hooked. You can have your boundaries and say, hey, I'm not engaging in that. I'm not doing that. However, just turning your back and walking away and pretending like it's not really happening is not really good either. Why is that? Because then people are, people, you know, it's just going to create the unhealth is going to continue. So I would suggest that if you are drawn to avoidance, you pay attention. Hey, if you find yourself wanting to just kind of scroll through social social media, go into the bathroom, lock yourself in there for a while, again, boundaries are good. So if you need to take care of yourself and say, hey, I'm going for a walk, I'll be happy to talk about this when I get back. So you can add in a boundary as a buffer you know, for you to kind of gather your thoughts and and kind of calm yourself down and find that peace again. But then ultimately what you want to be able to do is come back into the situation and say, okay, here's what's going on. Here's why I find myself avoiding. Here's my why I find myself resisting. Can we talk about this? Can we see this from each other's side? Okay. So we've got resistance is a, is a symptom of holiday stress. Avoidance or withdrawal is a symptom of holiday stress. And thirdly, distraction or lack of focus is a sign or symptom of holiday stress. So your brain is wired to want to pick an option that is the easiest thing. So we learn this all the time when we have hard work to do. 
It's very, very common as human beings, if we have something hard or uncomfortable or, you know, something that we're a task that we need to do that's going to require some, some executive functioning, some upper level thinking, it's very possible that our brain's like, I don't want to do this. I'm just going to want to do anything else. So around the holidays, there might be some expectations about shopping for food and for uh, presents and all those kinds of things. And you might feel overwhelmed with the tasks at hand to get prepared for a certain event. And so you just decide, you know what, I am going to start wiping down the counter for the fifth time. I'm going to just scroll and do some online shopping. I'm going to see what my, you know, aunt's, uncle's, best friend's cat is doing on social media. Really everything else seems better than what you have to do. So if distraction is coming up, if you find yourself wanting to to create another task that seems easier, I'm going to go change the laundry rather than have this conversation with my mother or my mother-in-law, then maybe you are under some stress because you are wanting to dip. Again, I think distraction and focus is a sister symptom of withdrawal. So these things are very closely tied. And then fourthly, just meltdown. If you find yourself like you have been kind of holding it in and holding it in and resisting and withdrawing and all of a sudden somebody comes up to you with with with, with something that could be just a really benign idea and you erupt in unanticipated anger or frustration you find yourself spinning you know then if you have a meltdown like a toddler <laughs> or a teenager, or a midlife mom. (laughs) Again, none of us are immune to this, but if you find yourself just overreacting, like your reaction does not match a reasonable response to the question or the circumstance at hand, it could stand a reason that it's because you're stressed. So that's what happens when we have lack of sleep, when we have lack of nourishment, when we have not really dealt with the things that we're thinking about and the things that are bothering us. If you suppress, withdrawal, avoid, just harbor resistance, ultimately, I would say that your feelings are going to come out one way or another. And the last thing you want to do is have them come out sideways in a meltdown that you're going to regret because you've now said something that's really hurtful, harmful. Whoever's standing in your way at the time is just going to kind of, you know, get the backlash of that. Then that's something that I, I would like to avoid. And I'm guessing that you would too. So as the holidays are approaching and we talk, this can be any time of year. It doesn't have to be just at the holidays. We all know this, but there's something about, again, these big moments that are laced with expectation. And we're going to be talking about this further next week in my interview with Lisa Figgins. So please make sure that you are kind of tuning into that because that is definitely in line with this teaching. But I'm going to give you some five, five ideas of things that you can do to more wholeheartedly deal with some of the stress and these triggers. So you're going to want to ask yourself, why, why am I triggered? What's actually going on? And this is a practice that I have implemented in my life for a long time now because I have big feelings about things and I have ideas about things and I, I have learned to stop and ask myself, okay, what's going on? Someone is simply suggesting an idea. Someone is simply saying, hey, what about this? I have a big feeling. I have a big reaction to it. Why is my reaction? Why does this frustrate me? And usually 
we have to go deeper and deeper and deeper because it might signify that we have some sort of, it's, it's triggering some sort of history. Maybe you have a history with somebody that you feel like takes advantage of you all the time. And you say yes a lot to this person who has, who's like, hey, why don't we do this? And why don't you do that? And why don't you pay for this? And why don't you drive? And all of a sudden you're like, no, no, I'm not doing that. And they're like, geez, I was just asking you if you wanted to drive to the party. But it's not about you driving to the party that night. It's probably that this person asks you, you feel like this person is taking advantage of you of you and asking you all the time, hey, will you do this? Will you be the one that sacrifices your time, your money, whatever to go the extra mile? So it's about way more than just that one question. So again, here are five ideas for you. So if you've got a pen and paper or notes on your phone, you can write these down. How can you more wholeheartedly deal with stress so it's so it's a healthier space? Number one would be this, get present. Simply be in the present moment. So often around the holiday time, we find ourselves really fixated on the future, on this event, on this dinner, on this get together, on this party, whatever it is. So one thing that you can do is stop, anchor yourself in the present moment and figure out what's going on. So Matthew chapter six, verse 34 is very familiar to a lot of you, I'm sure. And Jesus says this, he says, don't worry about tomorrow. Why? Because tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. So a lot of times the reason we get stressed is because not only are we, are we taking on what's happening in the present, we are layering on things that we anticipate happening in the future. And Jesus is telling us very clearly, listen, the future will come. The future will become your present. It has enough worries of its own. Do not begin to stack stack upon and stack upon and stack upon until the weight is so heavy for you to carry that you, you're, you know, predicting stress. So how do we get present? We breathe. We remind ourselves, hey, Today is Tuesday. This is what's happening. What do I need to let go of? And does this matter in the long run? So when you find yourself getting stressed about something, maybe it's how the presents look. Maybe it's how the table is set. Maybe it's something that you think, okay, I would love for this to look a certain way, but that is not right. It is not going to happen unless I, you can delegate. That's one, that's one way to kind of begin to unload some, some of that stress is to say, Hey, I can't do this right now. I'm doing X, Y, Z. I can't do the other thing, but maybe someone else could do it or simply let go of it. Does it matter in the long run if something looks a certain way, or is it more important to be present with your people and living in the moment. So one way to do that is to get present and anchor yourself in the present moment. The second thing that you can do is gain perspective. Again, this dovetails very nicely with does it matter in the long run? How can you gain perspective? Ask yourself what truly matters. And even now, as you're listening to this, if you're listening to this before the holidays come, before kind of this Thanksgiving and Christmas and New Year's, all this stuff, sit down with a piece of paper and envision your holiday season and say, what is going to matter to me? What matters to me? What events matter to me? What people matter to me? How do I want them to feel? How do I want to feel? Write that down now so you have a vision 
of what your holidays could look like, what you absolutely value. And then it that will inform all the other things that are negotiable, all the other events and ideas that are negotiable. And I love this Psalm because in Psalm, let's see, 73 verse 26, it's fascinating because what's his name? <laughs> what's his name? Yeah. King David, you know, the guy that wrote most of the Psalms. Well, he says, he says, my heart and my flesh may fail. He says, my heart and my flesh may fail, but God is the rock and strength of my heart and my portion forever. And there's this word in there that I actually am like, you know what, David? Hey, what's your name? There's one word that I would actually change. My heart and my flesh will fail. It's not my heart and my flesh may fail. Although he's saying like, even though they may fail, God is my rock and my strength. In this instance, I'm going to shift the perspective a little bit here and say your heart and your flesh, they, it, it, they will fail. Why? Because you're a human. Again, that is really something that I will not like to hammer home every time because we are human and God made us in his image, but we will fail. God is our rock and our strength and our portion forever. So don't get frustrated that your heart is failing, that your flesh is failing because it's just going to happen. So don't believe lies over what you think is happening. Don't get tripped up into overwhelming negativity, gain perspective. So for example, if you are in charge of one of the meals and you've got a big turkey and it is, you burn the turkey. I mean, I don't know. I'm just talking about the things that I know about, but if you burn the turkey, it does not mean you are a bad human being. So to gain perspective is like, dang, I made a mistake. I didn't read the directions right, whatever. You know, the oven was on hotter than I thought. The turkey is burned. Shoot, that's a bummer. What are we going to do? You don't need to trip into now I'm a terrible person. I'm a horrible host. I can't believe this. I'm a bad person. That's not true. What's true is the turkey is burned and now we need to think of another plan. What's not true is the turkey is burned. Therefore, I'm a horrible human being and I should never do this again. Do you see how you can gain perspective over that? Mistakes are okay. They're going to happen. What happens? What do you do when you make those mistakes? And I would also suggest that when you make mistakes, especially those of you that are parents out here and your kids are watching, do you berate yourself? If you make a mistake and you begin to say, oh my gosh, I can't believe I'm a horrible person. What are your kids going to learn? We want them to understand that they can make mistakes and it's okay in fact, that's how we learn. That's how we adjust. Maybe you do say, hey, I'm not hosting Thanksgiving again because I don't really like cooking turkey. So if somebody else wants to do it, great. That, that doesn't mean that you're a horrible person. Okay, so you can get present. You can gain perspective about what truly matters, what's actually happening. And thirdly, you can process in prayer. I know that this sounds potentially quite cliche, but it's absolutely so powerful that if you if you find yourself getting stressed and triggered and resisting and withdrawing, take it to God. Are you taking these stressors to him first? Who's who is someone that you can absolutely be 100% honest with? God, you can grab your pencil, you can grab a journal and you can be like, "You know what, God? 
you can go for a walk and you can talk to him. Take these stressors and say, listen, this relationship is really stressing me out right now and I don't know what to do about it. Can you please give me wisdom? Does he care? Yes, he cares. He tells us that we can take everything to him. And in Philippians 4, chapter 4, verse 6, he says, don't be worried. Take everything to God. You can take your specific requests to God. Are you doing that? Journal with him, get perspective on yourself, what you're feeling in the moment, and then cast all your anxiety onto the Lord. He will help you sort things out. He will help you get perspective so that you can enter back in in a healthier way. Okay, the fourth thing that you can do to really manage some of the stress and triggers is to grant permission to yourself. Grant permission for you to take care of yourself. I love this quote by Katie Reed. She says, self-care is giving the world the best of you instead of what's left of you. I think some of you, that is a writer downer. Self, what is self-care? It's giving the world the best of you instead of what's left of you. So again, I feel like I'm talking to a lot of moms out there you have this idea of what you want the holidays to look like and what you you need to do. You have this expectation of how you need to curate this perfect holiday season. And what happens is many times we have these expectations and we get completely drained in the name of all things lovely and beautiful to provide for our families. And then what happens? Our kids, our husbands, our families get the what's left of us because we are so drained from the tasks and the, and the to-dos, they don't get the best of us. So if you are thinking of everyone except yourself, I want to challenge you this holiday season that thinking of yourself not in some sort of selfish way, but really to be nourished and filled up so that you can serve, you can connect, you can love from an overflow, from a joyful overflow. That is what's going to bless your family and the people around you the most. So what what does your routine need to be? What activities do you need to delegate? Because you don't have to do it all. This is a massive public service announcement right now, and I'm preaching to myself. You don't have to do it all. In fact, not only do you not have to do it all, I would take it a step further and say you shouldn't do it all. Why? Because when you do it all, then you're completely stressed and you're completely frazzled and running on empty. Everybody gets what's left of you instead of what's the best of you. You want to bless people, not stress people right? (laughs) Bless people, not stress people. That's right. And then lastly, gather your people, bring people around you, connect with people who, who pour into your soul, people who, this is reciprocal. Again, you don't have to do it all. You don't have to go it alone. There's this quote that I put in my, in my first book, A Beautiful Exchange. And I, I took it from Brene Brown from her book, The Gifts of Imperfection. And uh, this is what she says. She says, one of the greatest barriers to connection is the cultural importance we place on, quote, going it alone. Somehow we've come to equate success with not needing anyone. Many of us are willing to extend a helping hand, but we're very reluctant to reach out for help when we need it ourselves. It's as if we've divided the world into, quote, those who offer help and those who need help. 
The truth is we are both. So right now, under the sound of my voice, I want you to understand something so pivotal and important. You are both. I am both. You are someone who offers help. You have gifts and talents and capacity to bless and help other people. And you are human and you are limited and you need help. And so do I. So we don't, we can, we can bust through that barrier. We can shatter that barrier. This, this Western idea specifically that we need to go it alone. This is my thing. This is, I'm supposed to be taking care of this. You don't have to go it alone. You don't have to sort of martyr yourself under the banner of doing everything and not needing a helping hand. Why are we so reluctant to reach out for help? Why? Are we embarrassed? Are, do we have shame over, I, I should be able to do this? Listen, I should be able to. You need to, to strike that from your vocabulary. Strike that from the record. It's not, I should be able to. You can say, I want to. I want to do this. And if you want to do something, then you have two choices. Either you figure it out, you, you, you figure out the strategy, you make your routine, you organize your life so that you can do the thing, or you say, hey, I want to do this, but I, I can't. I, I have limited capacity. Is there anyone else who could help me? And I'm telling you, there's probably a lot of people in your life that would be absolutely blessed to help you in that space. Sometimes the best thing you can do is be honest with yourself and be honest with other people. Brene Brown also has this wonderful quote, clear is kind, unclear is unkind. So as you approach this holiday season and honestly the rest the rest of your life, the rest of your of your years, how can you be as clear as possible? The only way that we can get super clear with how we are communicating with other people is to get clear about what's actually happening inside our own hearts and minds. That's why I just harp on this so much. That's why this work is so important because the more self-aware you are, the more you understand how you're wired, what's going on, what you're thinking, what you're feeling, when you get clear with yourself, you're being kind to yourself so that you can clearly communicate to other people what's going on, why you're feeling the way you're feeling, and then you can clearly communicate to them in a kind and respectful and loving way. This is what's going on. This is what I want you to know. And then you can be reciprocal in that. You can say, what is going on with you? What do you want me to know? We don't have to be beholden to this stress. We don't have to fall prey to the lies into this cultural narrative that we have to do everything and it has to look a certain way. Understand what's important to you. Pay attention to those stress triggers. Get present and just gather your people. Figure out what is most important to you. Clearly communicate with the people that you love and then connect to God. Advocate for yourself and don't do this alone. All right. Happy holidays. Make sure you tune in next time for my uh, interview with Lissa Figgins. And again, if you want to come to a morning retreat, December 9th in Colorado Springs, go to thekingiscomingretreat.com. And if you want to go through the Oh Weary World Rejoice Advent Study, say that 10 times fast. That's a tongue twister. If you want to do that, set your calendar for November 28th when I will drop the first session, the first teaching, and then you can grab your bonus journal at 
owearyworldrejoice.com. All right. Love you guys. See you next time. Thank you so much for listening. If this episode challenged or inspired you, I would be honored if you would rate it and leave a review wherever you listen to podcasts so others can hang out with us too. If you'd like to connect at a deeper level, you can find me on Instagram at Megan underscore Nilsen or head to my website, meganbnilsen.com and schedule a free curiosity and connection call. Let's keep the conversation going.